Welcome back to spending the day with the real estate pros. Today's guest is Laura Teixeira, mom, realtor, and real estate investor in Orlando and Sarasota, Florida. Laura is one of Align Real Estate's top producers, and I had the opportunity to tag along with her for an entire workday. She shared so many golden nuggets in this episode, so without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hi, Laura. Hello, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it is 8.30 in the morning. Where are we heading to right now? So um, I'm heading to a coffee shop because I have a meeting with um, someone that is going to help me with marketing. We have this meeting and then we're going to be heading to sh some showings and a bunch of meetings in between. To tell you a little bit about her, she is a real estate agent. She also has background in real estate investing because she's an investor, right? That's right. <laughs> you focus a lot on long-term rental investments? long-term short-term but long-term the most okay she's also a mom <laughs> so she just drop off the kids <laughs> yes exactly and then um, so she's a realtor investor she's a mom and she's just killing it in business how long have you been in the real estate industry Laura so it has been four years now four years yes. and how did you start in real estate did you what was your specialty at the beginning? So that's a very interesting question because I did. Um, I actually studied real estate for myself because I was moving so often with my husband. Every two years we were moving out of state, out of town. And I wanted to be very strategic when I purchased my home because I knew I was making money whenever I had to sell or I, I, I had to rent it. So I, I started studying, studying real estate for myself. And when I moved to Orlando, um, the owner of one of the companies that helped me purchase my home here she said, since I had so much knowledge, she invited me to work with her and I, I took the chance to start my um, career at real estate and it worked well because that was my passion. I started for passion. It became my, my full-time job. <laughs> That's amazing. So you are a full-time agent and you just for the people that don't know, are you a solo agent or are, do you have a team? Like, How does that work? So yes, I have been on those um, last four years a solo agent. However, business has been... Um, very good. I'm, I'm getting a lot of clients and it's getting to a point that it's being overwhelmed. So my, I'm starting to plan my team. So very soon I'll have my team and I'm excited about that. So that's awesome. She's also, oh my God, I forgot to mention, she's from Brazil. Yes. So um, originally from Brazil, moved to US in 2001 and that again, um, when I, I moved so often and that came to my benefit in real estate about speaking a second language and about had moved to, um, I have lived in California, Massachusetts in other areas from Florida that all equipped me to be more um, reachable from people that does not live in US. So speaking Portuguese definitely is a plus in this market where a lot of Brazilians are coming to US, investing here and moving to, um, to Florida. What markets do you service? So I work a lot in Central Florida, Orlando, all the areas here in Orlando, but also in Sarasota, Anna Maria Island, all that Gulf side. Right now we are actually in the Orlando area uh, for the day. Maybe next time we should do Sarasota. That, sh that should absolutely, be fun. <laughs> absolutely, because Sarasota is not only gorgeous and beautiful, that's where I want to retire, but it's just so many opportunities for people who want to invest or people who want to live by the beach. It's very family oriented and there's just so much business in real estate. Uh, so much appreciation. There's just so many opportunities. We'll definitely need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's our schedule for today? So in the morning we have a few meetings and then starting at 1.45 we have a couple of showings. Actually we're going to be showing three properties for this um, family who I helped them purchase the property last year. They're ready to sell and upgrade. So it's going to be fun because I'm going to have to find them a property and sell their property. And we're, you guys are going to be with us. 
and then after that a lot of other meetings negotiating inspections negotiating price change for listings it's just um going to be a lot of zoom meetings actually let me explain to them so i actually work with laura um we are we work at a line together and um, so i've known her for over a year now and she let me tell you she is an expert negotiator so <laughs> what are your tips when it comes to being a great negotiator and representing your client's best interest so a lot of people, um, they only bring into the table their side of the story, their client's side of the story, and I try my best to find what is important to the other side to show them that I acknowledge the, um, their needs. Mm -hmm. And once I acknowledge their needs, that I'm trying to um, also present them something in return, they ease down on the negotiation and I'm able to get what I need. <laughs> so it's always trying to understand both sides of the story and presenting value to them, although we're getting what we need. <laughs> okay, that's a great tip. Are we here? Yes. Okay, so we are at the coffee we're shop. Grab some coffee. We're just having a little bit of breakfast and coffee here. And I was talking to Laura because a lot of the questions that we got yesterday was about how did you get into luxury? Did you always start in that space and in that specialty? So how did you start with your clients? In so when I started, I was actually doing seminars, investment seminars, teaching people and ordinary people, anyone, how they could become investors. Breaking that um, idea that investors are those people that has a lot of money and they need to invest their money. Just bringing that opportunity to regular people. So my average sales was 200. I was very in the very basic, just selling, um, you know, properties that was investment pretty much. And how did I break into the luxury? It was actually understanding that I, ne I needed to be thinking like people who are looking for luxury properties and trying to, um, understand their lifestyle, to be within their lifestyle. Meeting and building relationships with the people as Laura and not as a realtor, and then the sale came right after. So right now I am in that sweet spot where yes, I am going to church and socializing with this type of people. I am, um, I learned how to play tennis. I'm learning how to play tennis, to be around them, just trying to find niches where these people are having that sense of belonging there, and then it's just happening through the relationships that I'm building. And speaking of relationships, I've known you for a while, and I know you are very natural when it comes to that, and I actually really admire that you always prioritize relationships over business, and you'll do a lot of networking, and you work with um, also a lot of lenders as well, and, and just building relationships in general. How do you feel like that's you know impacted your real estate business? It is actually 100% of my business comes from referrals. So it's from relationships and it's passion for people. I love people. So I love talking to people, understanding them, listening to them. And through that, um, the relationship really is bringing the business. Like you mentioned, the lenders, um, whoever comes to the lenders um, that don't have a realtor, they are pleased to refer me as their preferred um, realtor because they know I know not, not only I'm very professional and I will get that deal done, bringing them business, making sure they're closed on it, but I'm going to be building relationship with this client and whenever they need, they're going to come back to us. And that's what's happening. 100% of my business is referral. So tell us, what does your typical workday look like? <laughs> what is a typical workday? Oh my God. You know, this is very funny because every Sunday I lay my calendar and I try to plan my week and never it happens like I've planned. But basically, I try to save the mornings for phone calls, follow-ups, and then showing properties towards the afternoon. Um, 
and also building relationships. I always include in my weekly calendar one or two meetings, being with a builder, being with a mortgage broker, or you know, um, some type of business that we can complement each other. I'm always having coffee with someone at least once a week, building relationships. I'm curious to know how, since your business comes 100% from referrals and repeat business, um, everyone, how does your follow-up look like? Because you know, sometimes people have this perspective of follow-up as very salesy, mm -hmm. and you know, there's prospecting and very, again, very salesy. How does your follow-ups look like? Interesting. It's just that uh, I'm always changing how I follow up, but I do have a few that I send them a little souvenirs every every season, summer, fall, winter, just to touch bases. But I do a lot of my follow ups on social media. That's when I use my social media because I follow them on Instagram, and then I'm able to see what's happening in their life, making comments, just being there always having that relationship and they're always posting something about their family, about something that they're doing fun and I'm commenting. Just showing that I'm here, I'm following you, I love you. <laughs> so those are the two ways that I'm most consistently with, with the social media and sending a few little gifts um, every quarter. So I love that because again, it's not salesy, it's not like, hey, are you looking to buy or sell? It's, it's very genuine, which I really love. And also, um, it's not the typical really follow-up that a lot of agents have in mind. So, um, and it works for you, so it that's does. amazing. It does. You know, the way that I think is, I first want people to like me as a person. I never introduce myself, even if I go to a social event that is related to real estate, I never introduce myself as a realtor. I always introduce myself as I'm Laura, um, I live in Orlando, and I started building the relationship as a person, as who I am. From there, of course, the conversation will come, the opportunity for me to give little tips here and there on why they should consider myself as a realtor. <laughs> But that's never my priority. Okay, oh wow, what is the coincidence? Um, oh, this family they are going to see, they're amazing. I've sold them last year, their property, and they're upgrading. Oh, nice. So I'm going to be listing their property here. The address is going to be right there that will facilitate and with the um, instructions. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. If you can make a comment in there. Um, yes, yes, perfect. So you just got off the phone with your assistant, correct? Yes. And how long have you um, been with, uh, had an assistant for? Has been a little bit over a year now. Okay. And when did you know was the right time to hire an assistant? It was when I was spending nights without a sleep, thinking about every people that I had to reach, every task that I had to do. I was just constantly working, feeling exhausted, um, losing my health. That was when I said, enough, I really need some help. <laughs> it was actually, I, I didn't have any choice at that time. It was just so much business and so much that I need to take care of that um, it was time. But it was the best decision. I think I waited too long. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how much this investment gives you a lot of return. We always talk about ROI, <laughs> we right. were talking about it. And this is, if you are um, considering to have an assistant, if you have sustain, sustainable business, uh, my recommendation is do it. Start with a part-time just so you can get a hang of it and see how much um, they can help you and then increase the hours because there's just so much value in the, the help that they get us and they help us to close more deals, definitely. So we got a little notebook going on. How do you stay organized and plan and everything like that? Do you like to use like paper or like... Exactly, Julie. I made fun of myself, okay? Because I know everything's so 
digital nowadays, but I feel like when I write down, it sticks to my head. It's silly. It's old people stuff. <laughs> no, I get it. But I found this um, full focus, full focus planner that is amazing because what it does, uh, it's different from any calendar. You've set your goals for the year. Okay. And then you set the goals for the month and then for the week. And every Sunday you kind of plan your, let me, let me get a, a blank yeah. page, which I'm going to show you guys in a little bit. But you have like um, preview, uh, weekly preview. Uh -huh. So you have my biggest wins, what, ha what worked, with what didn't work last week. And then I can, I kind of redirect how I want to take it my next week. And then I start writing down my priorities and I only choose three priorities for the day because then I'll feel accomplished. That's the three things that I must finish. The rest is a win-win. Three by three, I can accomplish everything that I need for the week. So I am someone that I love writing and this is my go-to. <laughs>、so、what's going on right now, Laura? So we had a showing this morning, and the buyer just called me saying that he drove by the property yesterday. He didn't like the neighborhood, so he's going to skip the morning showings. He's going to review every property that we were to be seeing today, and he's going to just tell me the ones that he really wants to see it. Because of that, we have more time in the morning, so I'm going to be making phone calls, reaching out to clients who I have to address price changing in listings,、um, negotiating inspections. I'm just going to be proactive. I'm not going back to the office because I'm going to lose time driving. So I'm going to stay at the coffee shop and take care of the business that I can take、um, by phone or by Zoom meetings. Conversado na parte da tarde não foi possível, mas eu estou à sua disposição hoje. Me liga quando puder, me manda um recadinho do melhor horário que eu vou estar aqui atenta no telefone para nós conversarmos, tá bom? Um beijo. I use and really helps me is having the TC. And most of my TCs they、um, speak Portuguese.、Uh, on my deal, we had a deal that.、Um, My buyer decided not to go through, and it was a cash deal. We canceled within the time period that we could, but now the seller is not signing the、um, release and cancellation. So we have thirty thousand dollars sitting in a title company, and it is all right. But until the seller signs, we can't do anything. But if she doesn't sign within the next twenty-four hours, the lawyer is going to move forward with the process, and she's going to be responsible for paying every dollar spent with this process besides signing it. So I'm hoping that in the next twenty-four hours she signs this document, and we don't have to. I have this builder that、um, see, and this is something about relationship too. I have this builder that gave me the opportunity before the house hits the market to go there and see the house that he bought. He, he remodeled the entire house in this、um, very amazing condominium here in Windermere. I'm gonna go there because once I'm there, I know which buyers, which clients might fit into this listing, and I can get it. So、um, we can go there to see. So when you have this, when you've done a lot of deals and you've helped a, a few clients. A bunch of clients. They might not be looking for properties, but I love going and getting to know what's out there because sometimes I get to these places and I just think of one of my clients and I go, "Oh my God, this is this is just like this person." And I send the video, and all of a sudden they say, "Laura, this is exactly me. I'm interested." So they weren't really seeking for properties. They weren't really asking me to find them properties. But just by going to properties, I can identify and kind of match and just I send them. And the sale happens, so it's not just waiting for the business comes to me to come to me, but I go after the business. <laughs> I love that. We are heading to this 
incredible home. It's a builder that builds in very, very luxurious home throughout Central Florida. And he's giving me the opportunity to get to see this property before it hits the market. So come, let's go. I wanted to ask you, do you primarily work with sellers or mostly with buyers? What would you say is your main clientele? So um, for the first two years of my business, going to two years and a half, I'd say that was primarily buyers. And now, because I've sold them, now the, the, the um, momentum that I'm in is representing sellers too. So some of the, my clients are upgrading, so they're selling their property and they want to move into bigger properties. And um, some is just passing on the information that I do have a very differential, um, I, I, I sell and I market very differently than regular realtors and I'm getting that business. So now I would say that I'm on 60, 40%, 60% buyers, 40% sellers. So you briefly mentioned the market, right? And kind of how, of course, it's changing right now. Things are different. And what are you seeing on your perspective when it comes to the market and how is it impacting your business? So again, I am a strong believer on the real estate um, for investment and for, you know, you know, for the business itself. I just know that it's understanding the market will help me with my business. It's just guiding the people through it. So as of right now, the challenge is the interest rate. People are stuck with that interest rate being at a high, which decreased their ability to purchase a, um, for the price point that they could six months ago. But I'm just showing them the value of negotiating, of getting the property in the terms that they need. So understanding the market will come up, will help me to understand the um, strategy to help them make an amazing um, purchase. If they purchase in the right and the great um, area, location, they will gain in the appreciation very soon and then they're going to be able to refinance. So the market is changing and it's our responsibility as a realtor to be very aware of where we're at, what the concerns of our clients are, so we can provide them the solution and to show them the opportunities because eventually they will make money. From your business perspective, right, and kind of the business development, um, what are you doing to future-proof your business with the market shift? Um, anything that you can share with us? So I'm um, going back to the basics, and I know everyone is saying that, but what is it basic for you? For me was I started my business doing seminars, helping people to purchase their very first home, helping people to um, become investors, just being out there doing seminars. And also, I am not just doing this here in town, in my area, Central Florida. I'm doing this out of state, collaborating with other realtors from out of state so I can get referral and I'm going out of the country. So I'm going to um, Brazil just to attract those people who really wants to live here. It's just thinking outside the box and prospecting to increase my pipeline so I have a lot of people to work with and that will give keep my, my wheel rolling. <laughs>
but it's holding up so much value. So what he did was he purchased this home and he's remodeling entirely. And that will bring the value even higher because people will pay the price to be in this zip code. I was really hoping to see something that it was more finished and almost ready. Yeah. Because honestly, um, I've, I'm not ready to bring any clients here. Because, you know, if I can't imagine, if I can't see it, then they will probably not be able to see it too. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I have to wait until it's more towards the end in order for me to bring clients. Another thing is privacy. So with the new communities, there is not much room in between one house and another. If you notice the size of the, um, the outdoors, it's very spacious. You really have an outdoor space and distance from one house to another. I know this doesn't look very finished right now, but when you are doing showings with clients, for clients, what do you look for in the home? Like what are things that as a realtor that you look for on behalf of your clients? So when I already have a client in mind, I really want to understand their um, lifestyle, their taste, and then I really focus on that and I kind of get their, the objections too. So when I'm interviewing clients to see what they're looking for, I want to know the must-haves and what they don't like. Because when I bring them in, I need to see and point out, listen, you are really not you know, just pointing out the negatives and the positives because I want them to make a good purchase. In this case, I am here to get to know what's going to be out there very soon in the market. So I'm really trying to think of all my clients and people I know, trying to visualize what is here so I can offer them. So right now I'm thinking about people who likes privacy, people who does not really want the, um, the gated communities that are very strict, that they can have a boat, they can have space for an RV, they can have space in the backyard that they don't, they can plant their own fruit trees because it's a very enclosed area. So those are the people, the, the, the unique things in the house is what sticks to my mind so I can sell it to the right pe person. So the house itself, of course, they can change the colors of the walls, they can put, you know, they can upgrade inside, but I want the unique items of the home to stick with me so I can actually market and bring the right clients for it. So here's probably the masters with a closet, maybe. Imagine all that being a closet, that's a dream. Wow, <laughs> look at the size of this master. This, this is, is a great. phenomenal master. I love the lighting. And then you have the doors with the view for the pool. I love the lighting. And the master bedroom. Quarto. É uma casa, não é? Wow, this is expensive. Yes. This flooring. The finishings will be very good because he is the, uh, you know, he, he has very pride on the products that he sells. So the finishings will be very top quality. So look at the size of this backyard. So those are the things that sells very easily when we are talking about we in the mirror, Dr. Phillips, there are places that are very tight and people want to move in. You have so much privacy, you can do so much. And people who are moving in from Florida, they want the outdoors. It's all about the outdoors and here you find it. What would you say is the difference between working with, you know, uh, working with a client that's looking in that price point versus someone that's not? Is there any really any differences or how? There is, there is. People who are willing to pay over $1 million here in Central Florida, they're very particular with what they want uh, because they have options. 
you know, they want to have a house that has pretty much everything that they need. So we as a realtor, we need to be very creative and we have to have resources. We have to know people. What I mean by that, architect, handymans, um, people that does landscaping, because someone might come here and say, well, yes, it is on my price point, but really the backyard doesn't really have a seating area or a nice um, outdoor barbecuing area. Well, if that's the only reason, then I have resources to help you. Because guess what? We can negotiate the price. We can, so we have to pretty much do everything for them. They don't have time to contact people, to try to figure things out. They want everything ready, done, and perfect. And it's our responsibility to make this happen. You know, they're very busy taking care of their business, taking care of their things, taking care of the money-making part of their life. And we are here to solve their problems. So it is crucial that we become not only the real estate agents, the one that knows everything about the house itself, but we know how to bring everything into the table for them to make sure that they just choose, close easily and happy. Uh, what, what is that saying? That's it. <laughs> I love that. A little bit of time because he invited me to go over his office because we have partnered and he's helping other clients of mine. And he said that the office now is ready and done. So I just texted him since I have to wait, that's the other thing. So, like I said about relationships, mm -hmm. well, a client just postponed our showing for today. I'm taking advantage. I made phone calls. My client is not ready to talk. How can I be, how can I use my time? Be productive. Productive. Okay. This guy has invited me to go to his office for months. So I contacted him now. Hey, are you available now? Maybe he's not, maybe he is. Then I'll go there, straighten our relationship, get to know the office, and that's how the day changes every day. I plan my so day, no but it doesn't happen. There's no typical day. But that's great. We're making the most of it. We're making the most of it. And if you guys didn't know, I don't think I've told you guys, but we are working together on one deal, one new construction deal. So that's what she was just referring to. And we're going to make the interior designer that's going to be designing the home for the clients. So I'm going to call the or text the builder. So right now what's happening, we had a little bit of change of plans. Um, we're not going to go to the architect's office or the interior designer's office. We're going to go to our uh, client's new construction build to meet with the contractor just to straighten out a few details because, um, see, we should talk a little bit about this. So right now <laughs> with building new construction, it's crazy, right? And um, there's a lot of uh, schedule uh, problems everything's behind because of labor because of COVID because of material shortage so many things happening so actually what would you say is your advice to the viewers that are watching on managing this tedious situation what's your advice and um, you know we we are in that middle position that we understand the builders there's not so much that they can do but we also understand that we are advocates for the buyers so coming up with, I always like to think on the best and worst case scenario. The best scenario is what we're doing now. We're going to meet with the builder. We're going to explain to them the need of this client because if he can expedite any of the projects, he probably will prioritize our project because we're ex you know, explaining the, 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 all the scenario behind it and the urgency behind it. However, we cannot count on the best scenario. So we are already brainstorming the worst case scenario that it will be a great delay and their client is going to be upset because they have no place to go. Right. Their lease are expiring. They, they need to go out of the country because they have this trip planned. Nobody's going to be able to move their things. So planning ahead because if the worst comes, I have the solution and I'm going to make sure it's very smooth. It's very nice and they're going to enjoy the process and not be stressed. So 
So at this moment, we're also planning the worst case scenario. We're going to plan that, honestly, if I have to make it my own expenses to do the moving part for them, that's what I'm going to make to make sure they're happy. And um, because it's the relationship again, it's not just this one deal. It's right. the, the, re the reference that they're going to, you know, Yes, and that's the other thing. Now, every time I go uh, under contract with new construction, because we were very heavily affected by COVID and the supplies, yeah. but I've learned my lesson. Every time a builder says one year, 18 months, I give at least four more months extra. on top of it, extra. I say, don't count on this date, let's plan for more, because they give us that little cushion where they can plan ahead. Um, don't stretch yourself too thin on this builder's deadline. <laughs> yeah. Give yourselves a little wiggle room. And also something that um, we're also doing is just staying very un in communication, in constant communication with the sales representative, with the builder, um, just so that, and, and the clients, of course, giving them updates as, you know, as, as soon as we receive them, uh, just so that everyone is in the know and communication is really, really important. Um, in the transaction, any transaction really. So I'm gonna call him right now. Yes, I'll be around. Just let me know when you guys are here. Okay, and we'll be there in like 30 minutes or 35 minutes or so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We'll see you All right, soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. All right, thank you. Okay, bye. Right. See, and this is another thing that I do a lot. I don't, because I'm excited now. We're gonna be able to talk to him. We're gonna be able to see the house. We're gonna to try to push as much as we can. But I don't go back to our clients and say, hey, guess what, I'm heading there. And I'm... No, because then I'm gonna rise their ex expectations. Let's see what we can get, and then we'll go back to them. <laughs> We're going back to the schedule thing, because I know like we had a plan in the morning, and now it's all changed up. Um, I also, but more specifically, I want to ask about during your schedule, sometimes, of course, as a realtor, we have to show houses. We have a lot of appointment stuff, but sometimes we also have admin stuff like follow up, which you talked about. But for example, when working with buyers, you uh, do you spend a lot of time like searching for homes online? Do you have them like automated? I'm just very curious to know, like, how do you have that set up? when working with buyers? Yes, I actually love searching for homes for my buyers because I don't want to just, you know, when they're doing their own searches, which I really encourage them and I send them links that they can do their own search and they help me a lot showing what they really like, but they're not familiar with the areas. They're not very familiar with um, the, the lifestyle. It doesn't really match. And then I'm losing my time going there, showing this property that the house itself is nice. But when they get to the neighborhood, when they get to the information, it's not what they want. So it's just losing both each other's time. So I always like to go first and do some searches and give them some information about the area and give them their initial feedback. And then I'll let them go on their own and do their, their searches. Because at least I filtered the actual areas and the core of the information they give me. But I really like to go and it's, it's time consuming, I know. It's not that I do every search, but at least in the beginning, I really like to go and do my search for them you have them on like automated searches based yes. on their criteria and things yes. like that. And that's one thing that has happened to me that I forget and I'm going to give you guys a tip. Every time you close in a transaction to change oh, that auto. Turn off. Because my clients, two of my clients called me this um, month, this past month saying, hey Laura, can you please take me out of the auto for this area because I'm already happy where I am. <laughs> So it's like we can change the auto and maybe just do some um, newsletter yes. and things. But that was one thing that I was lacking is to update every month, mm -hmm. take the ones that had purchased or they're no longer interested to a right. monthly. Yeah. So
So a tip for you guys in that aspect, um, I actually have a system uh, during my follow-up boss, which I talk about a lot, you guys know. But in my follow-up boss, I have my closing action, my post-closing action plan, which includes, you know, things like the review, sending the review email, uh, adding them to the newsletter. But then instead of uh, taking them out of the um, news alerts, or sorry, the email alerts for the home search, I actually add them to a program called HomeBot, which allows them to get monthly emails on their um, home's value, and it's such great information. I mean, uh, it's very, they love receiving them, uh, the clients that I have on it, so I add everyone that I have closed on, on there, and then yeah, that, that's part of our post-closing system and, and process. That's another thing, too. It's uh, When you are if whether you're a new agent or a seasoned agent, having automations in place and trying to automate as much as possible is great so that you can focus on, you know, what you do best, which is sales and closing deals and everything like that. So. And you've become such a, an inspiration on your automation, especially follow-up boss, Julie, that I definitely want to spend one day with you. <laughs> Just a follow-up boss. Follow-up boss. <laughs> <laughs> so great and it's still a, a continuous process right it's like there's always something new there's always a process to be improved and I'm really passionate about that and um, so that's why I'm starting to share more about that content on my YouTube channel if you're not subscribed already um, trying to do more of those videos for the behind the scenes of that part of running the business Charlie, you're the boss. We, we need you so much. <laughs> so, okay. yes, uh, so we're getting the electricians Friday. They'll finish up Monday. I'll get it inspected Tuesday. And then I'm just going to keep pushing. As you see, everything is looking pretty good. Yes. So yeah. I have to be here for the electrician so I can go over his changes up there to okay. add and delete some stuff. Right. So, um, so after the electrician is here, tell me what's next. Okay. So... That electrician has been my whole key. They're mm -hmm. coming to do a, a cabinet punch out, make sure everything is good in here. The actual cabinet that was missing in the yes. master bath is in the garage. Awesome. So they'll flop that out as well. Um, so it's just gonna be getting punch out done. Next week I'll get landscape, irrigation. Awesome. So it's, I've, I've kind of told everybody that this has to rush. Yes, uh, awesome. So. Do you think that there's still a possibility of we finishing it up this month? It wouldn't be the way that I wanted it. Yeah. I'll try okay. because I know that they need to get out of town. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll do whatever I can. Yeah. So once I know and I see, I, I'll do a pre-schedule right now just to see where I'm at. Okay. But once the electricians come in, that's when I can fine tune everything and make okay. sure that they get everything. Cause I can't do anything without that pre-power inspection. Then I can get the power turned onto the house, get the AC start up, okay. get the blower door test done. Got it. You know, get the stairs and everything completed. Got that it. That way I'm, I'm done. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. You know, I just felt like talking to you is gonna it was gonna put all of us at ease because that email it was like oh jeez. <laughs> thank right. you, You're thank welcome. you so much. Appreciate it. You too. Yes. <laughs> My phone number. Yes. That will be perfect because I plan, yes, because I plan on showing the property this afternoon. So okay. that would be great. Okay. Thank you so much, Jose. Fantastic. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you see some of the pictures that we just took? Let's see. So here we go. Nossa. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Be very intentional, right? We're here to do follow-up with this construction. Let's take some pictures. Let's do some video. Let's get the content. Then let's next to the other appointment. But at least with the, we took advantage of this moment. Essa casa linda aqui dentro do Bela Colina. Vim já com as quatro pedras na mão, que está já na fase final. Muito em breve eu vou fazer esse mesmo vídeo aqui para vocês com a casa pronta e vai ser em menos de um mês. Okay, so question for you. Yes. Um, you are obviously very knowledgeable when it comes to real estate and everything that has to do with the real estate transaction. Um, it wasn't always like that, correct? No. What did you do that helped you slowly, you know, become such an expert in real estate and um, contracts? I mean, I've seen you negotiate. I know you leverage contracts and, you know, um, the, the wording and everything. So how, um, what did you do to get to that point? So that's so important because part of my negotiation skills comes from understanding what is in the contract. And there was two things that I did when I started. It's just so easy for us just to fill out the blanks of a contract. And I made sure I read through it every single time because every time I read through the contract, I, something stick to me. So reading through it and not just filling out the blanks will help you to get to know exactly what it's in, in it. So whenever it comes time for you to fight over something or to negotiate, you know exactly what your rights are. The other thing was to partner with a real estate um, attorney. Um, and very often I would just, you know, chit and chat with her and get to know and build this relationship that very often I also call the hotline or her, my contact that can advise me in how to put certain addendums wordings to protect us. Então eu estou aqui no Bela Colina agora, encontrei com o Charlie, conversei com ele e ele falou que ele tá pushing o máximo que ele pode para continuar dentro do prazo que ele havia dado, sabe? We have made a quick stop in the Bela Colina Clubhouse. Oops because we are, our clients are closing within the next month or so, and we have a little gift that we want to get them um, so that they can enjoy their new community, and we're going to find out if we can get it here, <laughs> right, and get it for them. So that's what we're doing right now. Today we've talked a lot about networking and relationships and how the importance of it. Um, you've told us that you started out with seminars and doing seminars and networking with lenders and other people in the industry and not necessarily in the industry. Right. Do you have any advice for further building out those relationships? Like how do you actually get them or, or, or where do you start? So how I did, exactly, how I did was I approached a mortgage broker that I knew and I told her that I desired to do a seminar. 
but of course, but of course I could give them some information about the financing, but I would love to have someone that was very knowledgeable and an expert, and I invited her to be in the seminar so she could also prospect for clients. Mm -hmm. I showed her that I, it was my initiative, that I, knew, I had the knowledge, I knew the market, although I wasn't an expert, I was just starting, mm -hmm. but I was very um, proactive, and she said, why, why not? It was, at that point, her opportunity too, to get in front of more people. And so that was when she, and then when I, and I performed, performed. Mm -hmm. Because during the seminar, it, I was able to connect with people, show them, um, show that I had knowledge, that I had, I provided value to her, and she saw the potential there. That's how we started. So same thing I'm doing right now in Brazil. So I'm not only searching for clients and investors, I am partnering with um, real estate um, professionals there and it's the same thing. I reached out to them and I said, listen, I'm heading to Brazil. I'm gonna be presenting opportunities and I'd love to provide you some value where you can advertise your um, business internationally. Do you have any potential buyers that would like to come to my seminar and I'm just gonna be your extension in the United States. They are your clients, but now you can offer something that is not in here. So I always show them value. And it's by asking, you'd be amazing how many people wants to join you, and then that's when it starts. What would you say is your advice to other agents that are looking to get into the luxury space and in the luxury real estate space? What would you say to them? So one thing that I did, and it was very helpful and it still is, is to take an etiquette class. Is that how you say it? Yes, etiquette class. Exactly, because that will um, give us confidence in how to behave in front of those people, in their environment, even restaurant, how to dress ourselves, how to behave within our own space. It's just so many techniques, even eating in more fancy high-end restaurants. Uh, it's just about the confidence. And taking those classes will give you confidence to enter those um, um, environments. environments. Mm -hmm. And um, they will feel like you belong, that that's, you do this every day, all day, that you're one of them, and then, again, the relationship happens. Wow all about confidence. So what I do is everything I can do to feel confident when I'm talking about something. Just like in this condominium, Bella Colina, one of the most prestigious condominium in the area. Before I brought in a client, I came in as a client. I wanted to know the price point. I want to know where I was going. I wanted to have that feeling for whenever I came in with a client, I had that confidence to show them that I was an expert here. So for all of the words I can tell you and give you advice, this is about finding what will give you confidence within that market. I need to get this on camera. So you were saying? So one thing that is not very glamorous in our life as a real estate agent, very different from what you're seeing in social media. We don't eat well every day. We don't eat fancy every day. Matter of fact, there are days that we don't eat anything and most of the times we're eating junk food. It's for <laughs> its reality. Whoever has time to actually stop by and have that nice lunch every day. Without being on their phone, without being stressed, without getting bombarded. I mean, I need to meet this person. I need to know what they're doing or if they're doing any business. <laughs> because, yeah, let's see what we have for lunch today. <laughs> Whatever we can find, let's see. But, you know, that brings me to something I wanted to ask you, which is about like balancing work and life. Yes. It's very important. You know, I I get it. It's hard because, <laughs> of is. course, we, we're, we're going through it. But do you do anything or do you try to do anything to try and have that work-life balance? Because you have your family as well. Yes. You have your husband, your children. So, you know, how do you balance it all? So it is hard and it's a constant. I'm constantly working on it. Um, recently, my family was really demanding a lot of my time because I was very, I was working so much, I was away 
uh, very often. And now I made a decision that after 6.30, I am out. I don't answer phone, I don't answer client. It's my time between 6.30 and 8.30 with my family. So at least I know that during this time, I'm giving them quality time. After that, I do answer phone, I call clients, I work on my um, inspections, <laughs> but it's just not unnegotiable quality time with the family. That's the one thing that I was able to accomplish. Out the rest, eating healthy, exercising, it changes every day. What about um, your schedule? Because you're a full-time agent. Do you work pretty much Monday through Sunday every single day? I used to, but that was another thing. I was burned out. I was really burned out. So now Sundays, I, do, I really don't work. There's exceptions. When I have someone out of the state, that that's the only day that they can be here, then I'll open that exception. But that's the only time. Otherwise, I don't work Sundays. Yeah. I have... Um I go through that a lot as well, like through burnout sessions and working too much. Um, and I've, I've tried to implement the same thing of taking Sundays off just to me, do my whatever I want to do and take time off yes. and things like that. Because it is important to have that um, balance for your own health and things exactly. like that. And Saturday, usually we have open houses, so right. I, I'm, I try my best on Saturday not to book myself, but there are some things that it's inevitable. Right. Yeah, and even for open houses, like I try to book the entire day just to dedicate to that because it's so much, it drains so much energy from me too. It it's like the signs, running around and this and that. And, and that's one thing that people don't realize. They think that just because the open house is from 11 to 3, that that's it. That's it. After the open, well, there's so much preparation before, but after the open house, if we don't follow up with them, if right. we don't do everything that we're supposed to do, we lost a lot of business and there. a lot of time. Yes. That could have been done. Exactly. And it's like time is of the essence. Like the sooner you follow up with them, the better. Yes. So um, again, there's certain automations that I haven't followed boss for that <laughs> and things that I do to help me out because um, yeah, after the open house, I'm exhausted. I just want to go home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but those are great tips for, for balancing work and life. Um, where, was it always like that? No, I've, I mean, I really, I, it was one time that I, I sacrificed so much. I was working Monday through Monday, anytime, any hours. I was, wake, I was waking up at four in the morning and going throughout my day. It was crazy. But again, I waited too long to realize that that was important for my health and for myself. I, I was actually in the hospital for an entire month in, last year. And that was when I realized that's it. We, we must think of ourselves because, because our clients, they're thinking about themselves. <laughs> But um, one thing now I'm talking about optimization of timing and about getting into luxury. When I wanted, uh, you know, I've been debating about getting back into taking care of my health and doing some type of workout and, you know, physical activity. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do it all at once, socialize, get in front of the qualified people and exercise. So I found my way through tennis and that's what I'm developing and learning. And it's so amazing how much calories I'm burning and I'm losing weight and I'm feeling great. Well, let me take back. Every time I have classes, I don't want to go. <laughs> right. But after I'm done with the class, I'm feel so great. feel great yeah. and I'm building the relationship I need. So it's just trying to analyze and be very intentional when choosing what you have to do first and then around that, what else you can take from that choice. Yeah. I don't think we introduced him properly to the blog. Okay. Um, yeah, can you tell us about who's joining us today? 
He's behind the scenes. He's behind the scenes. This is Leo, uh, an influencer in Brazil. He has thousands and thousands of followers. Very real, um, down-to-earth, real-life type of behind the scenes that he covers on his, um, his YouTube and also on his Instagram. And he's following us today because he's going to be helping me with my social media too. But he's just a joy to be around because he's hilarious. He makes fun of everything. So he brings some, um, some ease at my very heavy schedule and daylight. So yeah, that's Leo. He's behind the scenes. <laughs> I always say that we need to be surrounded by people that, that um, has something to offer us. And by that, I don't mean just money or business like leo he's someone that makes me laugh all the time and how wonderful it is to be able to laugh throughout our day you know it's just that someone that brings joy every time i'm around you we are just so light it's just so natural this is the type of people that we have to surround ourselves with because um in the end of the day that impact us so much and will affect how we come back home to our family and also deal with the the struggle of the real estate because it's not always fun and it's not always perfect. It's a very demanding business, for it sure. Is. So having people like that, it definitely makes it fun. Yes. And I just love spending my days. <laughs> Thank you. I love people that makes me laugh. I really do. That's wow. That's an asset that it's priceless to me. And let me tell you, you do the same for other people. You <laughs> honestly um, have the brightest, most amazing personality, and yes, oh. make everyone happy. Falou. Foi maravilhosa. Ah. Show your listing at 6379 Swanson Street. Yes. Is it available now? Because we are headed that way. Hello? Um, uh, no. Hello. Yes, Hello. yes. Okay, I hear you now. Yes. So is, is it, um, do we have a lockbox? Are you going to be opening the door for us? What is the instructions? Perfect, perfect. Ok, perfeito. Entendi. Okay, so we just finished doing a showing uh, with this client and I wanted to mention, uh, I just really noticed a difference on how you show properties. I, I noticed that you, as a buyer's agent, of course, like you you go in the home, you activate it, turn it, the, everything on and everything, but you really let the clients walk around. Yes. And the conversations that you have they're not like, oh, here's the bedroom, here's the closet, here's this. Like you really focus on other things. What do you, when you're showing homes with buyers, what do you typically focus on? So um, they already know what the bedroom is, where they, you know, they already know what they're seeing. So I'm very, I'm, I'm actually paying attention in their first impression, how they approach the house, their looks, if they're interested or not. Um, and the they, they've seen one house and the second home, they went in very dismotivated. So I needed to find out uh, why was that? It was the house that was not appropriate. Was it because they really loved the first house? So getting that type of information is what is important to me. So I know where to focus and how I'm going to find the best property for them. So I let them be alone and, and tour the home to feel it, to make sure that that's what they're looking for or not. 
And then I approach them and I say, have you noticed this? What did you like the most? What did you, didn't you like? Uh, let's compare the both of them. What was the pros and cons? Just so they can guide me and then I can guide them. Okay. Very interesting. And you also talk a little bit about the area and the location of the home and everything like that, right? Yes. I did notice that. You know, I'm the type of person that I want to make sure my client has the best. And in one of the homes, uh, there was a, a back road that was very noisy. And I needed to bring that to their attention. Even if they decide to go with that house, I want to have a peace of mind that in a resell situation, they might have a hard time selling that property because a lot of people wants to stay in their backyard with no noise. Okay. So I want to make sure that they know the area. I want to make sure that they notice the net, the possible, uh, I, I don't want to say negative, mm -hmm. but things there I really need to bring into their attention that might hurt them in the future with the timeline of selling if they need to sell. So you just got off the phone with your TC and um, how, have you always had a TC, a, a transaction coordinator, Laura? In the beginning, my very first transactions I did not and that drove me crazy trying to keep up with all the timelines and all the important documents. So it was very hard. And the moment I started using TC, now I honestly cannot leave without them. And uh, what happens, I have a deadline for my um, inspection that I was sure that it was due tomorrow the deadline was tomorrow and it's today so she called me mm -hmm. she has been sending me messages but i thought okay i'll deal with that later mm -hmm. she knew that i wasn't responding so she decided to call me to remind me that the deadline is today right. so if i didn't have her i would have missed and put the money of my client on the line right. for missing the deadline for the inspection and we actually need to negotiate because there were some um, structural findings structural you know some things is structural that is jeopardizing the um financing mm -hmm. got it they gotta work that out. What are, do you have any tips for negotiating um, inspection items or anything in the middle during the transaction? So I try not to ask for anything cosmetic. I focus on things that are structural. It might be not really bad, but it would, I make it sound like it's very important to address now to avoid any further damage and it needs to be addressed immediately. <laughs> so it's just how we word things that sometimes can, you know, um, some, most of the time works. Switching topics a little bit, I know that in my Instagram, somebody asked about um, your habits and kind of, is there any specific habit or habits that you feel like have helped you to be successful in real estate and in your business right now? Any specific habits? To be, it, the, trying to understand the economy in general, not just the real estate. Mm -hmm. Because once I understand what's going on around, so I read newspapers. <laughs> I try my best to keep, um, you know, I try my best to understand a little bit of everything that is happening in the world, mm -hmm. just so I can um, be confident when talking to anyone that I am, yes, I'm aware, pretty much with objections, because I get objections for everyone from the other parties, from my clients, from everyone. And understanding what's going on around might help me to understand what they're going through and the way that they're thinking so I know how to respond. So it's actually not to concentrate just in knowledge real estate related, but try to get a little piece here and there of what's going, going on globally with the economy. Right, because at the end of the day, it affects, everything affects real estate. Yes. I also know that you ha have or are still taking courses um, at Harvard. Um, do you, are you still doing that? I, I just finished one and I'm heading to the next one. So I do focus in real estate, negotiation. You know, I, I try to get classes that will improve my skills in the business. So yes, 
it's always important to keep building and working on your skills. Yes. Um, whether you're in real estate or not. So I know we also briefly talked about how you're a real estate investor as well. Um, can you share with us like approximately like how many units you have or on your portfolio? So I currently have eight on my own. So they're all long term. I actually have two that can be rented as a short term, but I'm very conservative. That's why I say that it's very important to understand the personality of your clients and you know what they're looking for because I tried short term. Actually, I have one property in Sarasota that is being rented short term and I said not for me. I rather have it on a yearly basis. I know how much I'm going to get every month. I know what my expenses are. I know what I'm going to get. Do you have any plans on uh, do you do this real estate investing more like part time? Do you have any like bigger goals with like owning more properties? Like what's your real estate investing Plans. Plans. Can you share with us? Sure. So in the last four years, that's what I've been doing, acquiring properties for retirement. That's why long term, I just want the tenants to pay my mortgage, mm -hmm. still have a little bit of cash flow. But the intention behind was it's going to get paid by the third parties, my tenants. And by the time I retire, I have all that income coming towards me. But I've been helping so many other clients to make real money, to invest in bigger units, to flip houses and to invest in multi-units. And that's my goal for this year. I want to actually do some um, flips so I can have a quick cash, a quick return and not just thinking on the long term. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to actually sell my single families or a single units and purchase buildings. Four units, six units, 10 units. I think I'm gonna have a much better um, return if I have control of the entire unit. What's your advice for someone that's looking to start into real estate investing? Well, I'm gonna tell you how I started and it worked beautifully. So I look for a property. It was my primary residence uh -huh. and I still do this. Uh, I look for a great location oh, and great potential. So I purchased this home and I know that I can bring in appreciation within the two years that I live there. I move in, I start remodeling little by little, just remodeling here and there. And I stay in this property for two years. And then after two years with the house completely remodeled, I can sell it and get that appreciation money on my pocket and go to the next one without having to pay any taxes from capital gains because I lived in a property. So that's one advice because I did that and that worked very well. That was when I got the momentum of having extra cash to, pot, to put a down payment in my next investment property. And the other way is actually a multifamily, like a duplex or triplex, where you can live in one side and rent the next side. Yeah, and you can use um, FHA loans for those to take advantage of the low down payment if you're gonna live on, on one side of it. So there's different, definitely different programs out there. So that's very interesting to hear your story. Um, do you, because obviously you're very busy as a real estate agent, do you have all of those units under property management? Yes, I do. What yes. has been your experience with that? Like, do you, is that what you recommend to other? I do recommend, unless you love, because there are people that really love taking care of their own property and managing clients and getting phone calls at midnight that something broke. I really don't, I don't have the time, I don't have the passion for that. Okay. And I see my clients being sometimes complaining about the fee that they have to pay to property management. And I tell you, it's worth every penny if you really find a great property management company because they take care of everything. And in the end of the month, you get your money, your clients are happy, your tenants are happy, and you're moving forward. I, I really recommend, I think it's a fee that must be paid in order for you to dream peacefully at night and get the return you want. Perfect, yeah, I think um, 
Yeah, because I couldn't imagine you running your this business that you're as a real estate agent and. I don't even I don't even find my own tenants. I really don't. Oh, really? I've tried once. It was just a nightmare. Um, no. So I they, I let them find the tenants. They do the background check. They do all the nine yards. I mean, I have great relationship with the realtors who take care of it. They, the, the property management and they do it all. For me personally, that's something that I'm also looking forward in the future is to purchasing my own investment properties as um, a passive income. Uh, Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And all you need is one property. Just purchase the first one in a very well area, in a nice area. Because from that one, you're going to multiply your, your, your assets, for sure. So I just got this phone call that I ignored, but my assistant got it, of this um, builder that has this incredible property. It's one of the, the, the condominiums that has been sold out, so you just can get um, reservations. And again, I can't reinforce enough the power of um, relationships. She called me, giving me the opportunity before she offers to anybody else. So now I have to make quick phone calls to all my investors, see who would be ready for this, because if I don't have anyone by the end of the day, she's gonna offer for, for other people. But at least she's giving me the opportunity. Build relationships, people. <laughs> so I'm gonna start making phone calls to a few clients and see if they're interested. In uma casa, single family home, de vista pro lago, Casa maravilhosa que dá para construir de 15. So what are we doing right now? So we're meeting with the interior design that is going to be taking care of that property that we just went earlier. He's going to be doing a lot of customization in this home. The expectation is that after he's done with this project, the house will appreciate um, um, an average of 200 to $250,000. And this interior design is very um, well known um, in our community because he deals with a lot of high-end properties. So um, again, you know, it's going to be fun to meet him in person because we've been doing business with him but i'm really hopeful that we can finish by february and then i told her that you're doing the interior design yeah. we're going to have so much appreciation after this is done we're just so excited when we were talking about the um the appreciation and the luxury clientele luxury they are looking for something unique they want to feel like Nobody else has ever, you know, have the exact thing that, that they have. But sometimes we find them products that is not a very, uh, it's not a very custom home. But then we bring in architects and interior designers that transform that home, that bring so much value, that bring so much appreciation, and then they feel that they have exactly what they need. Because now they're not only going to have something unique, very unique, no other neighbors is going to have anything like it, but the appreciation of that mindset because let's talk about luxury people who got into that price point who are having the the, the luxury of having a, a house that is above the medium mm -hmm. they're doing business they're business minded mm -hmm. they want to make sure that whenever they sell it it's not that they are going to sell it for uh, exactly how much they invested but yes they're getting appreciation that they have some return on their investment so i always like to partner with people like them they're very the quality the um, uniqueness is there so we can put them together with the clients and provide them both. So I'm just so glad that I met them and that I've been able to refer them to my clients and see my clients being so happy with the result in both ends, within their house and with the ROI. <laughs>
idea because um, I was talking to her that one of my ideas for this year, my personal project this year is to do flips. Flips, okay, right. But the flips that I want to be doing is great location, yeah. old houses. Mm -hmm. They're smaller usually. But if I have a project like this, yeah. that's it. Because optimize the space. Even if I was living in a, a one-bedroom apartment where my kitchen was exactly like this with a TV room and there, um, um, you know, the, mm -hmm. the coffee table, mm -hmm. perfect, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yes. So it's about really the fact that they can um, personalize and customize. This, yeah. is, this is awesome. just left the architect's office we're in the car and we're about to wrap up for the day i have learned so much to, from you today i mean as always so thank you so much for having us thank you now one last question before we wrap up it is if you could do if you could start your career in real estate over over again would you do anything differently Yes, I would start with the mentality that I'm growing, constantly growing. So I would have the system in place right away. Don't wait until you get overwhelmed and too busy to implement the systems. And um, so that's the key. That's the key. Implement the system from the beginning. Being organized and having those systems in place from yes. the beginning. I love that and it's so true. Anything else that you want to add? I just, um, I just be passionate about real estate because it's always a great business to be. And once you demonstrate your passion, you're going to attract even more clients and partners and it's going to be a success. There's no other way if you're passionate about it. Amazing. That's the best <laughs> advice. Thank you so much, Laura. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for watching today's video podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe for more content. If you would like to listen to us on the go, be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you again for watching and I'll see you in my next video. Chipotle. I love Chipotle. <laughs> Ela gosta de Chipotle também, olha aí que bom, It's que legal. Cool. No, Do you like Brazilian music? Oh. Yeah? Muito, muito. <laughs> Como fala quem? Ah, uh, Anitta. Who? Who? <laughs> uh -huh? Oh, yeah. De quem você canta, gosta? Canta, música. De Anitta. Anitta, ok. Eu não tenho mais amor, meu Never mind, okay. that's better. Ok, Portuguese, Portuguese, vai. Um, vai, malandro. <laughs> Misericórdia, Jesus. <laughs> um, do tubarão, tubarão. Meu Deus do céu, ela tá assistindo muito TikTok brasileiro.